It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. I'm joined by Joe Goodberry of Lockdown Bengals, and this is your lead story. Joe, coming into this matchup, both teams are flying over to London. Uh, it's been a tough season for the Bengals. The Rams have been up and down. Looking at this ball game, what are your three keys to victory uh, for either team in this game? Oh, man, for victory, it's hard to say for the Bengals that are 0-7 right now. I think uh, looking for the little victories or maybe even the moral victories are, are high on their list. But number one, it's they have to get better quarterback play. And it's funny because both teams are from the same system, right, the Rams-style offense. So how are they going to play each other? That's what I want to see first and foremost. What do you put out there as a defense trying to defend a version of your own offense? And this works for both teams. And wh- whichever team can get better play out of their quarterback, which right now Jared Goff and Andy Dalton are – struggling to say the least having some of the worst years since they've been established veterans i know goff's first year was uh something to to uh forget but as of right now their numbers are pretty close and i think whatever team can get their quarterback to play and have one of their better days this season that's got to be key number one yeah and and i look at that and when i think of you know jared goff having a successful day it starts with our o-line so that would probably be one of our keys to victory for the rams is looking at this uh what they've done in the past they've been up and down uh they had david edwards start at left guard last game and we saw some improvement as a whole in the line we saw also sean mcveigh move the line of scrimmage uh and roll out jared goff use the play action a little bit more so continuing to keep jared goff uh clean was going to be very important for the rams to keep this offense moving and you talk about Zach Taylor uh, this is gonna be the first times the Rams faced him and really I was shocked to see uh, the struggle of the Bengals and and we saw some early offense that looked good that game early in the season against Seattle you thought man maybe this team can put something together but it's been a struggle so far um, you know what else on that team has been a struggle that you're looking for improvement on Sunday yeah and that's key number two and it directly affects uh, point one about getting better quarterback plays. The offense, offensive line has been a disaster for the Bengals, and it seems uh, they keep making changes, whether it's a, at starting uh, positions or playing time and even different kind of running designs and schemes that they're employing. And each time it seems to be getting worse and worse. So everything they've tried so far hasn't worked. They There isn't a magic elixir that they can just take and fix this thing right now. they got to figure out how to just patch it up and get through a game, at least a full game, with a competent offensive line. Well, I like how we keep going back and forth here because I, I hear that and I think of our D-line and I'm starting to go, man, they, they played one of their best games of the season last week. They've been getting tons of pressures, but quarterbacks have been throwing the football 
pretty quick. Matty Ice finally hung on to it a few times and let us get some sacks, but uh, that would probably be a very big thing for this Ram is put Rams put back to back games on film of you know a defensive uh, improvement on that D line. It's been Aaron Donald and and we're waiting for someone else to break out. It was Dante Fowler last week, so uh, another key matchup to watch in this game. And the last thing I want to kind of ask you about here as we're talking about this is you know how does this game being in London? Uh, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? You talked about going zero and seven here in America. Do you think getting a new scenario? kind of stepping away maybe this team having a chance to get together a little bit and and have a trip together is that a, is that a positive for you guys or do you see this as uh we're playing in london just another place to lose a ball game no i think it is a positive currently in cincinnati the bengals have the lowest percentage of attendance in the league and uh they quickly turn on the team of course they do i think we're as a fan base we're kind of fed up with the situation from ownership down uh, and anytime andy dalton goes out there and you get consecutive three and outs you quickly hear the entire crowd booing and, and ready for a, a change or something uh to happen that will drastic with this team that never seems to come i think going and playing in london maybe you're and, in, and the crowd will probably be mixed but if you get some bengals fans there and there's expected to be a, a decent group of, uh, of them they should be excited to watch this team even in a losing effort or a, if they don't give their best effort out there i think there should at least be some level of excitement they probably will not hear boos at any point yeah, that's got to be a relief, right? Is being like, hey, we got a full stadium. Uh, some of them are cheering for us and, and no one's booing. So you're right. If anything, uh, maybe a change of scenery might help these guys be competitive. Uh, and you talked about a drastic change. And, and I, before we get kind of into a breakdown in the offense and the defense, looking at these key matchups, I want to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, your quarterback, A.J. Green, those type of guys. Do you see them being there long term or uh, is this kind of, you know, maybe their final run in, you know, in, unfortunately, a you know, poor showing this year. But is, is there a drastic change that needs to happen on that offense with kind of a um, franchise type player? Yes, I think uh, there could be, and we're right at the trade deadline too. So that's a big conversation for Bengals fans right now: is do they make a move? Do they try and you know get something for AJ Green? Are they on the cusp of starting over completely with their quarterback? And with that, you know the next Super Bowl window may not open for another two years if you line everything up correctly. Will AJ Green still be here? Will some of these aging veterans still be here? And should they get what they can for them? Uh, so yeah, I do think we're on the verge of. I mean, it started with hiring Zach Taylor and trying something new on offense for the first time in a long time. And because of it, it hasn't had the, the immediate success they dreamed of. But at the same time, I think there's still some hope and excitement that if they get a few pieces that are maybe Taylor's guys in the offseason, maybe they can turn it around. Well, we will talk about that a little bit further in our next segment as we look at some of the matchups in this game. We're going to step aside. We'll be back on the other side. We're going to talk a little bit about the offense, defense, Jared Goff versus that secondary, and then vice versa on the other side. This is a locked-on crossover. Bengals and Rams, Bear Motter and Joe Goodberry. We'll be right back. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. 
Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, the, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome back, Locked On Podcast Nation. This is probably one of my favorite days of the week. Wednesday crossover. We've got Joe Goodberry of Locked On Bengals. I'm Bear Motter of Locked On Rams. Remember, you can find all of our shows on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and Himalaya. Download them. Uh, share the podcast. Leave a five-star review. We always appreciate that, and we always love to hear from you guys. You can find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear and Locked On Rams. Uh, you can find Joe Goodberry at Locked On Bengals, as well as, Joe, is your is your personal just at Joe Goodberry? It is at Joe Goodberry, and I talk about every team. So if you're a Rams fan, especially draft season, as it has already struck us here in Cincinnati, but uh, if, as soon as it comes around in spring, you'll get more information from me then. Awesome. A great follow. So go give him a follow. As you mentioned, he talks about all the NFL and he really starts picking it up, especially when that draft season comes around. So, uh, and it's funny as Rams fan, you're thinking, well, we don't ever pick in the first round. So I don't know how much that's gonna, <laughs> that might be helpful, but again, still go give him a follow. The Rams will figure out the draft when they get there. Uh, and hopefully, like you said, we don't have to talk about that too much until we get to that area and no first round picks. But as we look at this game, Coming in this Sunday in London, uh, excitement for, you know, the international fans. Some people hate it. Todd Gurley's not a big fan of it, and he's not a big fan of, it uh, seems a lot these days in the media. He's kind of been more of a, a grumpier interview uh, than most. But looking at this, and you're looking at the offense, the Rams offense versus the Bengals defense, talk to me a little bit about that matchup of Jared Goff, these three wide receivers, and that secondary, we saw Atlanta last week, and Jared Goff kind of came back to what we knew him as previous to this game. Uh, is this going to be two weeks in a row where he's got a good matchup? Or, or talk to me a little bit about how that looks in your eyes. Yeah, the Bengals have been spotty at best on defense. There's been some games where the defense have kept them into it, but the offense just can't produce. And quickly, and I take last week's for, for an example against the Jaguars, the the Bengals go down and they have a bend but don't break showing on the first drive. And then all of a sudden they get a fourth down stop at the one and the Jags come away with no points. The Bengals continue to go three and out and punt for the next four possessions on offense. And you can start to see at that point, the defense for the Bengals just starts to get tired. They're out there. The, the time of possession is starting to double. The offense is giving them no support. And then 
they're giving up just field goals at this point, but it wasn't until like the third quarter where you started to say, okay, this is it. This defense is starting to fall off. They cannot hold on any longer. And they're without some of their best players. I mean, Carlos Dunlap was out. Carl Lawson, their two edge guys, uh, both boundary corners, William Jackson and Drake Kirkpatrick were out. They were dealing with it. And, and really the defensive performance they put on was pretty admirable considering all those uh, adversity they had to overcome, with, especially with the offense. So the, the offense has been the, the biggest point, sticking point for this defense all year for the Bengals. They're, the, the defense is out there for more snaps, more time of possession. It's really started to wear on them. And I think like when you look at the, the successful teams that have defended this Ram-style offense, this wide zone stuff, zone running, uh, and they've put the extra defender on the line of scrimmage, and they've tried to keep that middle linebacker free. It's basically what the Seahawks did week one against the Bengals, and they shut down the Bengals' running game. And it's what the Patriots did in the Super Bowl to, to shut down the, the Rams' running game. And you've seen that carry over now into more more defenses are doing this. Like, we don't have to really worry about the, the passing game if the Bengals can't get the running game going, can't use play action, and then you put it all on Andy Dalton and a poor offensive line and a drop-back drop passing offense. I think, and, I, and I'm only talking about the Bengals' offense because I think that's what the Bengals will say when they look at the Rams and say, well, their offense, offense line's struggling, uh, Goss struggling a little bit more this year. Maybe we can employ the same tactic, put the pressure on this, on this offensive line to win this week uh, for the Rams, and if they can't, then we're really just facing Jared Goff, and hopefully we can get him to make a mistake or two. Man, I love it because uh, part of that, I feel like I'm listening to Locked On Rams and some of our complaints and and how things have happened as far as uh, you know having poor offensive line play and looking back at our quarterback and going, "Why are you doing so bad?" and then realizing, "Well, he's getting no time. The run game isn't there." And uh, trying to figure out a way to get a quarterback who we know can throw the football uh, some protection back there to move it down the field. So I feel your pain a little bit. Obviously, you guys with the record, um, you, you trump us on that a little bit. But I understand where some of this is coming and where Zach Taylor is having some issue getting that offense going. Um, as you look at this, and you mentioned a little bit earlier about some of the banged up guys, and it, it kind of got me to thinking, uh, do you have kind of an injury report on how it's going to look over in London for the Rams? Rams, obviously, no to leave. John Johnson, those guys were both put on IR, but we came out of the game on in Atlanta pretty clean. So we're going to go in as healthy as we can be at this point. Uh, we do have some young guys filling in spots. Troy Reader playing at linebacker. Uh, we saw Darius Williams and Troy Hill in at cornerback with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but other than that, we're going to have basically everyone that we need going into this game. How does it look for the Bengals? Not as good. Uh, and starting from the top, AJ Green isn't expected to play. They're going to try and practice him just a little bit, at least limited basis. See how that goes. But they want to see him practice for a full week. I think we're still with the Bengals bye week coming up after this week. I think they'll say this is an opportunity to rest him for two more weeks and have him healthy for the rest of the year. Uh, so I don't expect him to play. And then John Ross still out. He's on IR right now. There are two big outside receivers. Without those guys, they've been struggling. Now, Auden Tate has stepped in. Alex Erickson had a big game. They've gotten production out of the receiving unit, much how the Rams and McVay typically do. Uh, it seems whoever they plug in there can seem to produce at some level. But on the defensive side, like I said, with William Jackson and Drake Patrick out on the boundary, those guys are still, at least for another three or weeks plus, are going to be out. And then Carl Lawson and Carlos Dunlap at the edge. It's a coin flip. They Lawson was out for a couple weeks, played one week, and then missed last week. Dunlap's been uh, doubtful and didn't practice two weeks ago, did a light practice last week. They 
thought maybe he could go if they got th- through the walkthrough on Saturday. He couldn't, so he's still probably week to week. He may play this week. But besides that, it's really like the offensive line where the injuries for the season, and starting in the offseason, has really taken the toll with with uh, Jonah Williams at left tackle, their first-round pick, hasn't played. He, he tore his shoulder. He's still got a few more weeks on IR before they can make a decision on him. Uh, and then you have left guard Clint Bowling had to retire. He's been a stable guy for them for 10 years at left guard. And because of it, they've had to just, I mean, they've gotten down to their fourth string guard playing left tackle in John mm. Jerry this year. It has not been good. And I expect John Jerry to play again because I don't know what's going on with Cordy Glenn. Cordy Glenn spent two months in the concussion protocol. It Yikes. sounded like from behind the scenes that he was trying to kind of get out of it and not play, while at the same time the Bengals were trying to get out of his contract without paying him. So it, it's a murky and, and nasty situation. The Bengals ended up fining him uh, $200,000 for conduct detrimental to the team. They also suspended him last week, but they activated him again this month. Monday, and he's the best left tackle they have. So if they can get over it and play him, though, that could be a big boost to their offensive line. Wow, yeah, a lot going on there as you kind of break that down, and it starts to really, you know, make some understanding on why you know the team's zero seven when you got injuries like that, uh, and you got some of your key guys not being there first year in this offense. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why you understand they're at where they are. Uh, but, you know, you talked about A.J. Green, no go. I drafted him late in fantasy football hoping for something from him. Me too. Uh, and uh, I actually picked up John Ross in week one, and he was great until he got hurt. There was some production there. And really, I'm just bummed that I don't get to see A.J. Green versus Jalen Ramsey. I saw that video back in the day when when uh, we saw A.J. Green lose it, which is awesome because you never see him lose it and go right. and swing at Jalen Ramsey. And I was really hoping for a rematch, but I understand resting him and getting him healthy coming off that bye after this uh but it would have been a fun matchup to watch yeah and i think we were kind of looking forward to it too uh, last week right before the bengals play the jags right before trading uh, uh ramsey on that wednesday we're thinking all right might be a chance green plays maybe we get that rematch and then we go oh, nope it's gonna have to let, wait at least one more week and then now we don't know if that'll happen either Well, we will talk about this game. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to jump over. We're going to talk about the matchup a little bit more. We're going to talk about how we think it's going to really play out. We'll do some predictions and, and talk about where we are moving forward in this season. Up next, Locked On crossover, Rams and Bengals, right after this. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, third and final segment, Locked On Crossover Wednesday. Always a bunch of fun. We've got Joe Goodberry of Locked On Bengals. I am Bear Motter of Locked On Rams. We're talking about this matchup over in London. Uh, I went to the international game last year for the Rams in Mexico, and it never happened. Uh, so I, I passed. Right. Yeah, I passed on it this year. Uh, I, fought, I felt maybe I was the jinx. 
uh, even though it was a Shakira concert that uh, they had tear up the grass down there in Mexico City. So hopefully there was no Shakira concert uh, this Friday <laughs> over in London or else we might be seeing this game come back home. But I think uh, they've learned from that mistake. Uh, pretty cool atmosphere when you go out to London. Uh, these teams, I-, I believe the Bengals have been out there before, correct? Yes, uh, three years ago against the Redskins. Awesome. Uh, the Rams have gone. It's part of their deal as far as uh, relocation. When they went from St. Louis to L.A., they had to basically uh, put their name in the hat for the international series. They've been over there quite a bit. Uh, we played the Giants there a few years ago. We played the Arizona Cardinals in London. Uh, we've got a, a nice little fan base there, as well as obviously that game in Mexico that didn't go. But uh, back in London, it's a beautiful stadium they're going to be playing in. It's going to be a bunch of fun. It's actually on at... 10 a.m. here Pacific time, which is nice because I saw last week or two weeks ago we had a game at like 6 in the morning. Uh, So no one has to wake up early. It's a normally scheduled game. Uh, When you look at this, how do you think this game's going to start out? These teams going over there, obviously a little jet lag. It seems they're going to fly out on Thursday or so and get a couple days to acclimate. But uh, what what do you expect from this game kind of out of the gate? It's been weird how the Bengals have started every game this year. There's been some where they've been hot and drove right down the field and scored. There's been some where they don't do anything until the second half. They went through a stretch in the middle of the year, middle of the first half of the year, where they couldn't score an offensive touchdown in the first quarter, I think out of six of, of seven games so far this year. But they did get a kick return, opening kick return two weeks ago against the Ravens, where Brandon Wilson, who just got the job because there's been injuries also, return the, the opening kickoff and you're thinking okay you get one of those that's that's huge in your win probability and they ended up floundering that game because the offense can't put up points for the next three quarters so uh i will be interested to see if they can ever get a sustained first drive that, that was a big problem in the past years the Bengals have been really good with their scripted plays whether it's the first or two one or two drives up to about 14 plays or so you know the things they work on during the week they'd come out they'd put up 10 to 14 points and then that would be it and they, they'd really struggle to get uh, another touchdown or, or another field goal for the rest of the game this year it's been the opposite they haven't been able to put up first quarter points at all they haven't been able to sustain drives or get first downs Really, they've come alive in garbage time or in late in the fourth quarter, and you go, maybe they should just run hurry up all the time. And then last week when they did have success and actually put up a, a touchdown in the first quarter, they went with a, a faster pace and no huddle hurry up on offense. And I think maybe they're going to go back and look at the tape and say, maybe we should try this a little bit earlier again this week. Yeah, and that's interesting. You talked about them as far as not scoring in the first quarter. The Rams were right there with them until that 49ers game. Uh, They hadn't scored a touchdown in the first quarter uh, until a couple weeks ago as well. So this may be a very slow start depending on how these guys come out of the gate. Uh, But maybe, you know, since they've broken through, both teams will get some points on the board and and put up an entertaining game. Right now, the spread, the the largest spread I've seen is uh, 13 points in favor of the Rams. When you look at that, is that too high of a spread? Is it not high enough? What are your thoughts on uh, how these teams kind of match up and what you know Vegas is talking about as far as spread goes? I think that sounds right on paper. Uh, the Bengals are bad. They're bottom two team right now. They're fighting with the Dolphins for uh, tanking for whatever quarterback you can insert into a, a rhyme. But, uh, yeah, I think – this should probably be a two-touchdown game if the Rams are at their best and doing what they should do. The Bengals are just so hurt right now and so dysfunctional. And I wanted to ask you, Bear, do you 
Are you guys hearing the same things or, or worried of the same things? Because as we hire Zach Taylor from a from a Rams offense and he wants to be a he wants to implement that, but yet yeah, can't get it off the ground. I mean, too, right now they're a historic low for run game. They're on pace to have the least amount of rushing yards uh, since teams wore leather helmets. So think about that. They've got 300 yards rushing so far through seven weeks. And are are you guys thinking about? Uh, is the Ram style offense? Is this McVay offense starting to be figured out around the league? Are you? Do you guys have any concern with that? There, you know, I really don't, to be honest. And I think, I think, yes, they're starting to figure out McVay a little bit, and they're starting to put in some different game plans. And it really, it's up to McVay uh, and Zach Taylor to kind of adjust a little bit. But you got to think when McVay was really crushing it in this ground game and this mix, this balance attack that we had in the past couple of years, Todd Gurley was playing at an elite level. And you have to find a back that can do that, that can also rush and catch the ball. Uh, you're going to need an offensive line. The Rams the last two years before this year had the same starters cross the board every single game. We mixed that up this season. Uh, Saffold left in free agency. Uh, Sullivan, basically, we said we don't need you back at center. That's two interior linemen. And since then, we keep switching guys in and out. We've had some injuries. We have guys not playing up to potential. Uh, so for us, it's really been the O-line has really been the key to getting this thing done. And you got to have a good O-line. I'm sure that's something the Bengals are going to look at with some of their draft picks. Obviously, you talked about getting a quarterback and someone that can help run this offense. But uh, you need to protect that guy as well. So I think that's the important part that sometimes you get overlooked as you're looking at the offense and you're saying, oh, well, is it Todd Gurley not being as healthy? Or And don't get me wrong. There's definitely been moments this year where he's not seeing the holes like he used to and maybe not running with his much confidence, but I don't think it's an arthritis thing with him. I don't think uh, you know he's he's completely losing it as a back. Uh, we still see him be productive inside the red zone. And a few weeks ago, he ran over like three guys to get in an end zone. So he's still got plenty of power. Uh, but it is something that you got to look at as far as moving forward. I think this offense still has a chance. Uh, I don't think the NFL. Uh, it, you always hear it, it's kind of an adapt type of league. You, you adapt to something. I think the NFL is kind of picking it up a little bit. So they've got to continue to evolve that offense and find ways to move the football. But I think both offenses will be just fine uh, moving forward. And really, for you know the Bengals' sake, it's it's just getting more help in there and giving Zach Taylor some some time. You know, obviously. Marvin Lewis had way too much time, so you got to give this guy yeah. a little bit of time uh, to kind of settle in and get the players he wants and really you know, build that locker room the way he wants. But I think in the long run, uh, if he can get anywhere t- near what McVay has done as far as creating a culture, that they'll be just fine. And that's what he preaches, and what, that's really what we're hoping for. I think the biggest concern for Bengals fans is the – deterioration of the offensive line after they brought in Jim Turner, who is known for bully gate down in uh, Miami and be to be the offensive line coach. And really since then poor decisions with who to bring back, who to sign, maybe even who to draft uh, and who to start on the offensive line. Really they've gotten one good offensive lineman this year. That's Trey Hopkins at center. He's really the reason why Billy Price was benched originally. Now Billy Price playing at left guard due to injuries, uh, but also as a chance to to win that job. Uh, and looking at it and looking at uh, Joe Mixon versus Todd Gurley, and they're both struggling right now. And we're seeing the same things. Mixon led the AFC in rushing last year, and now he's on pace to hopefully get 600 yards. And if that's the case, that's such a big drop-off from averaging 4.9 yards per carry last year to just three yards per carry this 
year, and he looks visibly frustrated. I think uh, they may focus on getting him the ball and trying to really get the run game going at some point because I don't think they want to lose him and lose him mentally uh, because it seems like some of these players may be checking out. And when you preach culture and preach you know, having the right guys in the room, keeping them satisfied and keeping them happy so you don't lose them is part of it. Yeah, when you go 0-7, it's tough to kind of keep your morale up, and that's one of the things a head coach and a coaching staff needs to really focus on. And I think you're right. Getting him the ball and continue to work that uh, is definitely one way to try to get out of that rut, and you need the help from the offensive line. It's going to be an interesting matchup because we talk about It's funny. I mean, obviously the Rams are 4-3, and three, uh, the Bengals 0-7, but you see a lot of similarities, obviously, in their coaching yeah. staff and, and their philosophy and things. And even some of the complaint forms that we have on the team are similar. So, uh, you know, I think there's better days ahead of the Bengals kind of moving on from whether that's Andy Dalton and A.J. Green or keeping one of the two and, and you know, adding some some youth to that football team and also an offensive line. You talked about being up right there for the draft pick, but, um, you know, there's still a lot of season to play. And you got to find as a coach, find a way to say, hey, guys, you're still putting stuff on film, whether it's here or around the NFL and get something out of this team. Um, as we kind of wrap this thing up, we'll talk about the game that's, you know, at hand on Sunday. And, and you know, if you want to throw out a prediction, your thoughts on how it plays out uh, on this game on Sunday. Yeah, I think the Rams ultimately win. I think they're too good to you know, fall to a, a situation where they're really behind this year. I mean, if they lose this game, I think you you would know. But, I, you know, looking at them, that division is quickly running away. As we are doing the podcast today and recording, the 49ers trade for Emmanuel Sanders at receiver, and they look already like easily the number two team, if not number one, with the Patriots. And that division could quickly get out of hand with the Seahawks also playing well. I think the Rams need this game much more than the Bengals. While the Bengals definitely don't want to go to 0-8, I don't think. You know, there's some questions of are they tanking or are they purposely stealth tanking and, uh, you know, really not putting their best effort out there in terms of personnel. But the players are playing hard for the most part until last week, I think, was the first time we saw signs of, of maybe some of the, the normal guys uh, not giving it giving it their all. And if that carries over and continues for the rest of the year, uh, that's when things start to spiral quickly for a bad football team. So I, I kind of hope the effort in, improves for them. And if it does, they can steal a game somewhere down the line. I don't know that that'll be this week. I think this game probably comes down to be like a 27 to uh 13 to 17 type range where the Rams win comfortably and maybe are out ahead until the Bengals rally late as been the script really for the last few weeks for the Bengals yeah I think you're spot on there I think the Rams with the big win in Atlanta and I don't mean big win and beating a one in five football team or one in six football team now uh but really just the big win mentally kind of getting that off their back getting Jalen Ramsey this attitude that they've got on the defense right now is really fun and really picking up their offense and I think one of the things I said on the podcast all last week was you have to beat the teams that you match up better against right so if you expect to be a playoff team and you've got an O and whatever team coming in you have to beat that team if you want to be a good team those are must win games uh not only just in the division as you're three games behind the san francisco 49ers you talked about them adding a wide receiver a much needed wide receiver and getting better every day is you got to keep focusing on what you're doing and pick up a win and this is a Bengals team that like you said is just not playing well right now and they've got multiple reasons on why but you got to take advantage of that whether you're playing in london or in america or on mars you got to get up there and beat a team that you should beat so i think the rams do that again i think they're finally getting some confidence back um i think this is going to be a 35 to 21 type of ball game i'm pretty similar to what you're thinking i just think the rams are going to score a little bit more and again maybe that late touchdown uh kind of getting some points for the Bengals. but i think they cover the spread i think they pick up another win they come home 
home. Uh, both teams get a bye, and they look to kind of turn the season around and, and continue to uh, stack up some wins and, and try to catch the other two teams in the NFC West. But it's going to be a good game. A uh, lot to watch, and over in London, hopefully they enjoy it. And for the Rams, hopefully we don't have to go back very much more after this. Uh, Joe, I always appreciate talking to you. Uh, best of luck. Stay healthy, as healthy as you can. Enjoy the draft process once you get there. And uh, look forward to talking to you again soon sometime here on Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you, and uh, good luck this Sunday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.